welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. But yes, that song, One Power, and power is what we're talking about today. Power, stepping into our power as it relates to speaking truth to circumstances. And I just want to pause for a moment. You know, as we were singing that song and I was allowing the words to strike a chord in my heart, I became aware of, you know, I mean, it can become very, you know, we come together on Sundays here for our service and we can get into the routine and the busyness and, the, and all of that and, and coming together and the busyness and even getting here. Was anyone running late this morning? All of that. But here's one thing that it is my intention and my prayer for myself and for everyone each and every Sunday morning is that when we come here, that we come here with hearts and hands and minds open to receive, to receive the gift that Spirit has here for us. The, the gift that we are. And so I invite you just to drop into your heart for a moment to just to align yourself to that intention that there is good here for me. And the good that is here for me is the discovery, the rediscovery of who I am, the I am that I am. And that one power and that one presence is showing up here in and through and as each one. And it moves me and it guides me and it directs me. And it lights up the way for me. And I'm here to receive. And I do receive. Just breathe into that. Let's just take a breath. You know, we can get up, caught up in form and we can caught up, get up in busy, you know, caught up in the busy and the doing. And really, what is back of all of that? What is the purpose? The purpose is for us to awaken. And what we're awakening to this month is really our power. And we're doing that by ex examining speaking truth to circumstances, which is just a restatement of the phrase speaking truth to power. You know, speaking truth to power. I remember when I read the theme for this month, speaking truth to circumstances, I had to practice it a little bit because I'm so used to saying speaking truth to power. It's like, oh, I don't want to mess up. <laughs> don't, speaking truth to circumstances. But what we usually mean and what's meant by that, speaking truth to power, is, is that we want to speak our truth, what we need and what we want to those that we perceive as having control, and they probably do, to those outside circumstances, situations, organizations, systems, and we want to speak truth to it in order to change the circumstances in which we find ourselves. And so speaking truth to power is usually, that's what's usually meant. We're going to speak to those and we're going to create change. 
And that does create change at one level, but as spiritual beings, we know that there is, that there is a higher way, a deeper way, a way that is truly in alignment with power, a, a, a way that is, is in alignment with the way it works. We align ourselves to first cause. We align ourselves to true power, that one power. And that requires us, and as we've been exploring this this month, that it requires us to, to pause whenever we find ourselves triggered. Does anyone not know what I mean when I say that we're triggered? Or is that just sort of, it's sort of inherent in the word, right? How many of you know what I mean when I say triggered? How about that? Let me do that. Oh, okay. If you don't, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll get the sense of it. Somebody says something. You get that phone call, right? The doctor tells you something. Family text you. And that can mean all sorts of things. And I see it's just sort of like, oh, you already went into a story. Already went into a story. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. I get triggered. And I get those texts from her or him. But we started this month by reminding ourselves that of what truly power is. Because many times we confuse power and control. And what power is, power is the capacity to affect change. It's not about domination, but it is the potential, the potentiality to manifest, to actualize. And when we pause, when we pause and reflect on this thing called power, we awaken that power is the truth of who we are. It's our divine nature. And so we can embody that and we can know that. And as we discussed last week, we don't always feel it. Even when we do know it. We know, can know it intellectually and we can even sense it and feel it. That yes, I am one with that power. God is in me operating through me. Yes. Oh, power is who I am and what I am. True power resides in us. Dr. Holmes, he actually says this, and I, and I think this um, clarifies even some of what we were talking about last week, is that he says the whole of spirit is potentially focused in our individual objective consciousness, but we've not yet evolved to a realization of this except in a slight degree. All power is present right here in this moment, and, and, and we experience it to the capacity of our ability to perceive it. And so while we might know it, we might believe it, when we get triggered, oh, we end up, guess what? Our bodies have memories of times when we didn't feel that power. We have memories and recollections of times where we felt under, the, under someone's boot or thumb. <laughs> We get triggered, and that's what triggered means, is when unexpected, show, unexpected stuff shows up. Fear can arise, not because it's a violation or, or that it negates the truth of who we are in this moment. What's arising is our recollection of before, when we didn't feel so powerful. What can get triggered, and this is what we talked about last week. We talked about moving from fear to faith. When we get triggered, 
by circumstances unexpected or unwanted, <laughs> our bodies remind us. Oh, you remember when? You remember when this happened? You remember? Past trauma, past hurts, past rejection, past failures. They live in our memories, and, and when we encounter something that looks like that, it strikes a chord, and there's a resonance. Now, why do I bring that up? That doesn't sound very happy. It's not happy, happy, joy, joy. We're talking about fear, and we're talking about getting triggered. We're talking about biases and trauma. <laughs> but why, we're, why I'm bringing it up is, is because by bringing our awareness to it, when we sense it, and we do get triggered, and we go to a place of fear and wondering how am I going to work it out when we go to that Rubik's cubing. When we notice that, then, oh, wait, oh, wait a second. Just because I'm having this experience right now, I'm feeling this, it doesn't mean that it's the truth. It doesn't mean that it's all the truth of me. This is how I used to react. This is how I reacted then. This is how it was then. And so last week, we, we are, the point was is that when we get triggered by circumstances, the invitation, that, and that is what it is, it's an invitation, it's a catalyst if we choose to act on it, to remind ourselves of who we are in this moment. That was then, this is now so that we can step into our power. You said in A Course in Miracles last week I shared, and I don't have this on the slide, but I am not upset for the reason I think. I'm not upset for the reason I think. We can get angry, we can get triggered, and we think that we're reacting to what's in front of us, and we may be, maybe, Come on. We're remembering a time when it was like that, and we're going to cut them off of the pass. <laughs> we're going to get ours. So today we're going to continue this exploration by talking about stepping into our power. So we feel fear because of the past. We remind ourselves of who we are and then we step into our power, and it's with our power, from that place of power, then we can actually speak truth. So how do we step into our power? I want to use a story from the, the Hindu Vedas. There's a story in the Vedas of a battle taking place between the gods and all who worship the gods and the demons the Ashura, and all those who are against a god. Let's just say between the forces of good and evil. And there was this battle that was going on, and it seemed and it appeared as if evil was winning. Everywhere you turned, you saw darkness, you saw um, restriction, you saw it was just a place of fear. And those who were battling the evil were tired and weary, and they prayed to God, and they said, please, please, please do something. And it, it still appeared that, that the side of evil was winning, 
And then the, the, the gods looked to the divine mother, Durga. They turned to Durga. Durga, who was the wife of Shiva, they turned to her, and Durga is known as the goddess of compassion, the goddess of mothering. She is the divine mother. And I think I've got a picture of Durga here. Yes, she rides a lion. And they called to her and said, Durga, save us. Do something about these forces in the world. And she looked. She looked at, at the evil. She looked at what was going on, and, and her heart was filled with compassion. She is the mother of compassion. Being the divine mother, she embodies this compassion. And she looked, and, and from this compassion and the desire to create change, to be the power, to be the change, to act in the world, what arose from her was the anger a righteous anger out of this compassion in the form of Kali, Kalima. Out of her forehead sprang this force warrior goddess, Kali. I mean, you don't want to get Mama Bear riled up. But that's what happened. Durga got riled up, and she showed up as Kali. And I think I got, yes. You see here, Durga in the front, Kali there is in the back, a warrior goddess. Compassion, compassion ready to act, to make a change. Compassion acting from power, not from fear. And Kali went and she destroyed all of the demons. She destroyed all of the forces. And, and, and in this, she got so caught up in, her, in the circumstances that for a moment, she forgot. <laughs> she forgot who she was. She got taken over. She got taken over in this frenzy, this bloodlust, if you will. And then the good went and prayed to the gods and said, oh, please, you got to, you know, there's a little too much here. And then Shiva, her husband, said, oh, give me a minute. And he threw himself under her feet. And Shiva, being one of the, in the Christian, it would be, in the Hindu um, Trimurti, there is three deities that are all aspects or faces of the one, the one Brahman, one. There is, is Brahma, there is Vishnu, and there is Shiva. There is the creator, the maintainer, the destroyer. They're all aspects of this one power. And Shiva is the face of the divine that is known as the destroyer. The destroyer of what? The destroyer of illusions. The destroyer of the ego. The destroyer of what doesn't serve us. And so Shiva threw himself under her feet. And Kali, here stomping on everything. Really, oh, what am I doing here? And Shiva woke her up, and she goes, all right, here I am. I remember who I am now. This story, as I've been reflecting on it this week, it holds some significant lessons for us. It symbolizes, I believe, the challenges that we face in our own lives as well as those in the world that it can feel as times that we are powerless and that evil is winning. Does anyone get the sense of that or has ever thought that or, <laughs> you know? 
oh, we look at the world and, and we can look and, and see systemic forms of oppression. It's like, how do we win over this? We get the phone call. We get the letter. We get the email. We get the notice. What do I do about this? And we can feel powerless at times. But what did I say last week? We talked about that when we are triggered, when we feel powerless, it is an invitation to, to pause and to remember who we are. To remember who we are. In this story, the gods, the good, were all losing hope and they turned to Durga, the feminine aspect of the divine. They turned to that inner space, that inner knowing, and they sat and they wait, waited for Durga, for compassion to arise in the face of this. When we are triggered, when we are facing circumstances, when we look at the world and see things that appear unconquerable, oppression, then what is ours to do is to turn within to, the, to the, the divine that is within us, that presence that is within us, and the divine feminine receives. It isn't there to act. It is there to know. It is there to hold space. It is there to, to contain, to receive it. And what arises from that is compassion. Compassion for ourselves, compassion for all. Compassion is defined by Merriam-Webster as sympathetic consciousness of others' distress with the desire to alleviate it. Compassion is universal, you know. Compassion is, is a quality that, that lives in us that when we witness someone's suffering, ourselves or another, and we're present to it. That the desire to mitigate that suffering arises. There is the empathy of the, of the suffering and there is the desire to mitigate it. We, we want to do something about it. That's different than sympathy. Sympathy is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through that. Oh, so much better you than me. <laughs> we witness the suffering and then we move on sympathy I suppose it has its place in polite company but in spiritual living compassion the world is calling for compassion we're calling for compassion it's our nature it's our quality it is, it is, it's inherent within us when we make space for it Compassion can show up in many ways, and here today as we're talking about stepping into power, compassion, going, leaning into compassion and that desire to mitigate, it can bring up a power, and that power can show up as anger. It can show up as rage. It can show up as, as I'm going to do something. We are called to alleviate suffering. We're called to alleviate suffering. The fact that we have this, uh, this quality and this nature to feel empathy and want to do something about it, we're called to do something about it. 
You know, Dr. Holmes says in The Science of Mind, he says, the world has learned all it should through suffering. And so how do we stop the suffering? How do we step out of it? In our personal lives, we encounter circumstances that make us feel powerless. We look at the world and we see others that look like it is powerless. It challenges our sense of control. It can challenge our security. It can challenge our identity. So what are we to do? I think some points already raised from the story. The first, the first, as I mentioned, is to go within and to ground ourselves in the truth. Ground ourselves in the truth. And this is the purpose of spiritual practices. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you get tired of me talking about spiritual practices? Oh, there he goes again. It's going to be something having to do with spiritual practices. Yes, it will. (laughs) When we engage in meditation and affirmations, when we engage in prayer, these practices connect us and reignite within us that relationship with infinite presence, the power that is back of who we are. It realigns our relationship with the unlimited potential within us. What do we do next once we're grounded in the truth of who we are is then to embrace conscious transformation. Embrace it. Another way to say that is change is possible. Change is possible. Dr. Holmes writes in The Science of Mind, he says, uh, and I don't have a slide for this, but he says, any form which is not of the original harmony is subject to change. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. So when we are grounded in the truth, then we embrace conscious transformation. We we agree that change is happening, that this too shall pass, that what I am witnessing and seeing, regardless of what my, my past is telling me, what I know is that divine order and reality is here. What does Emma Curtis Hopkins say? Let me hear you say it. That is right. There is good here, and I demand to see it. Embrace conscious transformation. We tell our minds good is here, change is possible, and we then cultivate self awareness. Inquiry. We talked about that last month. Mindfulness. What do I love? What do I want? What do I need? What am I actually feeling in this situation and circumstances? Because see, if we're all in a frenzy, if we're all worked up, (laughs) you don't want to see me worked up. If, (laughs) If we're all worked up, then we might not be able to witness what's right here in front of us. And so taking time for inquiring, self-reflection, exploring our beliefs, our thoughts, and emotions can give us clarity. Something else that will give us clarity. Because if we are here co-creating with the divine, how many of you are here to co-create with life? Right. The practice of visioning. Visioning. 
in this time when we feel triggered and we feel we don't know where to turn or what to do, we get grounded in truth. We embrace the idea that change is possible. We turn within asking, what do I need? What do I want? What is important to me here? What am I feeling in this situation? What is actually happening right here? And through visioning, we invite spirit to reveal to us what is ours to be and to do in the situation. You see, many times we'll, well, let me just talk for myself. I'll go off half cocked. I know what, I know how to fix this. I know how to fix this. I know what to do. I don't know. Why don't I ask that power and presence in me to reveal to me what is spirit's highest vision? What is spirit's highest idea of this relationship? What is spirit's highest idea of this this condition? What is spirit's highest idea of, of this experience, of this relationship? And then to invite those ideas to be planted within us, to emerge, to emerge as transformation. And I can't help but adding to this is also that we practice prayer. Spiritual mind treatment, our form of prayer is a little different than begging or asking or pleading or hoping or wishing. I'm going to break into song. But our form of prayer is where we declare the truth and we're doing it to remind ourselves, to wake ourselves up. Say, this is the truth. This is what I know about this. And so in alignment with that one power and presence that is within me, that has an idea and knows how to do it, that I, in alignment and, and, and partnership with this one, I am being guided and directed on what to say and what to do in this situation to alleviate suffering, to alleviate the suffering of myself, to alleviate the suffering of those in the world. But you realize and recognize that I can't just do this by myself. What I need to do is turn to that which is within me. Dr. Holmes says that without action, we're just pitying spectators, hoping hoping and wondering if possibly some good will come along. Hoping and wondering if possibly some good will come along. You see, when we ground ourselves in the truth, when we identify with that power, when we go within, it is then that we're transformed. It is then that we become agents of change. It might look like Kali. Sometimes that's what's called for. Kali is showing up at our house. There's been times, and sometimes Kali's called for. But in whatever form that power shows up, when we are conscious of it, we can consciously direct it and be a channel of it, and that is what we desire. No one can do it for us. So as, we can, as I conclude today, I just want us to remember that it is that power, true power, resides in us. 
And while it can look like things are out of, out of control, it doesn't mean that you're without power. Remember, power is that with the potential to change, the ability to be able to have a new thought, to move in a different direction, to manifest our nature. Embracing our power and speaking the truth to circumstances, we align ourselves with the presence and tap into our potential. You know, after the service today, I want to invite you to join me. Um, this, I mentioned this last week about um, a process that I'm going to be leading after the service downstairs uh, about moving from fear to faith. Because sometimes we need to work with it. Because even as I'm here talking about it, it's like, oh, yes, I hear you, I understand. But sometimes we need to put these thoughts on paper and through a process, I'm going to lead you through a process afterwards that we will um, work on a collective process, but that you will be able to be informed to step into power in your own life and to re-identify the truth. So like the story of Kali and Shiva, like it teaches us, we can halt the chaos and we can find clarity amidst the challenges. You have the power. You are the power. And regardless of what might be going on in your life right now, and, and here's the thing, as we're sitting next to each other, we don't know what people to our left and to our right are, what's happening in their lives. People could be going through stuff that we have no idea but you have the power, regardless of what you're going through. I want you to turn to the, the person on either side of you and just look at them and see them, that here residing within this one, don't have to scare them, but just within them. There is a force, we know that Kali is in there somewhere. We know that Durga, that compassion and power resides. And so as you see these faces and you see them looking back at you, just hold them in your hearts, just knowing that each and every one of us here are containing an agents of this power to make a change in our lives in the world. We are here to live life out loud and create a world that works for everyone. Let it be so. And so it is. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.